come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. I'm your polter guide, Debbie. I'm your polter guide, Adrian. Well, this week we watched the 2017, I'm going to say indie gem, Anna and the Apocalypse. So let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Had you seen it before? All that good stuff. I had never seen it before. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. I don't know that I loved it. I definitely didn't not love it. It was it was very cute, and and I got a lot of respect for the mileage they got out of their apparently five dollar budget. So, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. All right, all right, Debbie. I, um, and I kind of yeah, I, I feel the same way. It was it was okay, and I think it helped that I went into it um, knowing it was just going to be cheesy and accepting that. And um, you know, it was it was okay. All right. I had never seen it before. Uh, you know, I had, you know, seen the poster, stuff like that. I actually, I had fun with it. I thought it was fun. And, you know, uh, someone had described it as Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. And that kind of set my, where, where I knew where I needed to be. And yeah, and I hadn't seen it before. So yeah, I, I, I had fun with it. I liked it. Uh, it had about a $9 million budget, the internet <laughs> seems to say. <laughs> That information clearly, doesn't seem as easy to find on this movie. Clearly there was embezzlement. Um, <laughs> I was about to say. Okay, I found a news article that said it has an indie budget. Whatever that means. However much money that, that is. Small. It's small money. It is. It's very small money. Um, listen, I've seen this movie before. And in my opinion, this is the best Christmas movie ever made. And I will watch no others. All right. Don't at me. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> <Achoo>. <laughs> oh, all right for those of you that aren't familiar what this is about this uh, our good good buddies at imdb want you to know that uh, a zombie apocalypse threatens the sleepy town of little haven at christmas forcing anna and her friends to fight slash and sing their way to survival facing the undead in a desperate race to reach their loved ones but they soon discover that no one is safe in this new world and with civilization falling apart around them the only people they can truly rely on are each other the zombies don't really force them to sing though it's just it's just a musical yeah it's not it's this isn't like a buffy moment where they're like cursed <laughs> i mean are you sure are you sure somebody didn't activate the the thing you know i guess i'm not positive but i feel like somebody would have mentioned hey guys are we singing did i just did i just admit my innermost thoughts to you <laughs> in spontaneous song yeah <laughs> i feel like that would have been a john move that john would have like i just wanted us to ha- sing songs i thought it'd be fun yeah yeah i didn't know the zombies were coming along with it <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, John found the amulet and activated it. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, that was a John move. I mean, him and his adorable glowing Christmas sweater that he loved. <laughs> he loved that sweater so much. He did. Even zombie him. Oh, we're in spoiler alert. Sorry, gang. We will be spoiling very much of this film. 
So, okay. Even Zombie Him loved that. that I love that. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, <laughs> get the lights turned on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, even with this having an indie budget, everybody had really good voices, and they danced very well. Like, that was super impressive. That was one of the things that first really, really struck me about this movie was how well everybody's saying i was legitimately like blown away by anna and steph when they opened their fucking mouths oh yeah how about nick nick yeah yeah i was like whoa why hasn't this dude been singing the whole movie because whoa (laughs) yeah but also nick's kind of in your wheelhouse too donna yeah I mean, I wish that that the look you made, like, I want that face to somehow translate to radio. I mean, Donna, as 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 another person not made of stone, I understand you are not made of stone, but Nick is in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, okay, is there anybody for who Nick is not in the wheelhouse that is inclined to like men? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I mean, that's that's the point, right? Is like he sucks a little bit and you still don't care. There was a comment I made about an actor who is gorgeous and um looks like he's probably an asshole. And I made the comment, he doesn't need to talk. <laughs> who was that? Um um, I can't believe I forgot the guy's name. He played Derek Shepard on Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore. Just he's he's a gorgeous, gorgeous human being, and he just kind of looks like he's probably an asshole. But I just need him to sit there and look good. That's that's what I need from him. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. That is an attractive man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but this movie yeah so there were some some, let's talk about the budget because um there were i i mentioned earlier i was just i was just thoroughly impressed by the mileage they got out of their budget they they had some really good use of of just tension you know like as a for instance them sneaking through that cafeteria that was some great use of tension but this movie made me just want to double down on the use practical effects suggestion because i think i think to the the first the first zombie that anna killed with the with the um teeter-totter yeah seesaw yeah and um you know she pushed that down and then you see the head go and it is so obviously fake there is not even a moment when you go oh god oh no that was just yeah i mean it is so blatantly fake and i didn't care yeah i mean it was it was not a good effect and i was still like that was awesome and then um later on uh when chris crushes a zombie's head with a pair of bowling balls once again not even remotely realistic looking and it was great so use special use practical effects movie makers use practical effects even when they're bad they work they do like that because there's a certain charm to them i think so when you have a a low budget movie like this and you use those practical effects it's like i don't know it doesn't take me out of the movie the way that cg does yeah Yeah, 
always has that effect that seems well not always but for the most part but i feel like it uh, yeah for the bad practical effects to work and me be okay with it i think it would have to be in a movie like this that's kind of cheesy again like uh if they had been taking themselves like super seriously like it was a very serious movie with the bad effects i don't know that i would have liked it as hmm. much as i was okay with it with this movie that's true this okay. movie th- this movie is not at any moment really taking itself seriously which i think actually helps it be a little bit more serious in the serious times it's true yeah that's true yeah well and i like that yes this movie doesn't take itself seriously but it has a respect and love for the genre because um because as i was watching this i kept going back to i think it was last year uh the dead don't die come out which it doesn't take itself seriously but you can tell the writer director doesn't have a love for the genre like he's just done with it there's you know more like he's not having fun with it he's almost like he's like look at you guys like this ridiculous bullshit and i'm just going to point out how ridiculous this is where this one it's like yeah we know it's ridiculous but look we're going to make a song and dance number about it it's going to be great and it's just yeah there's i think that's the the difference right there is they they know the genre and they love it and they make it work i think whenever you're making a movie like this or anything like, it's not just a movie i like you you can do one of two things either the the thing that you're putting on on display here is either the punchline or it's the joke or like it's the setup to the joke and that depend like and and that shows how much you respect what it is like i know a lot of people really like the big bang theory and talk about how it's like for nerds but every time i watch the big bang theory i feel very teased and made fun of i'm like yeah. this is we're the punchline <laughs> like you 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 made a comment and dungeons and dragons was the punchline no, um, get the mention, fuck out of here. Not to mention Big Bang Theory completely discounts the existence of nerd girls. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, with what you're saying about the dead don't die, yeah, like it feels mean. It doesn't feel like I'm in on the joke. It feels like I am the joke. Yeah. And but this movie, also with like Shaun of the Dead, like like I'm in on it. We we're, we 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 both love it. We both we're, we're we're talking the same language. You're not putting yourself above me and then giving this to me as if it's a gift. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, for those of us who watched it for the first time, were you surprised the first time we broke into song? No, because I knew going into it. I did know going into it because I did read a little blurb what it was about that there was singing. I just didn't know how they were going to treat it like if it was just like old school musicals like this is what we do we just break into song or there's a reason we break into song so that didn't surprise me and then as we're watching it that's when i uh billy said hey this is was described as shot of the dead meets la la land and then knowing that i was like okay yeah i know then i knew like within 10 minutes like okay this is where we are this is exactly what i know what this is it was supposed to it was supposed to open with a big musical number, but they couldn't get it filmed because of bad weather. Oh, <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, like it, it was supposed to open with a big musical number with like a drunk Santa stumbling through the crowd, which I think would have kept that that through line of that Santa dude a little bit better. Yeah, because yeah. we see, yeah, because I know we see him quite a bit during the course of the movie, and even at the end, we mm-hmm. see that Santa. So yeah. That is probably one of my biggest gripes about this movie, actually, is I do not like the Santa jump scare at the end. 
Like every, I I love so much of this and it gets to that. And I'm like, why, why is that? You don't need that. Um, I think, I think my first actual observation of the lack of budget was when I messaged Adrian last night to say, did they save money by not hiring a choreographer? Because the choreography was not great. It's so funny that you say that because I actually really loved it. Oh, I I did too. Like, especially the Hollywood ending choreography, like that song is really good. Like, I love the choreography on Hollywood ending. (laughs) I did enjoy when they all started banging on the tables. That was a a good energetic moment. I really like that too. Like, like something about that move is like, is really satisfying. (laughs) Well, let me, let me, at Hollywood ending, let me Hollywood ending is like the flagship of this movie I think agreed I was actually I was disappointed after the movie was over and here here's why I've since had a realization that's made me reevaluate this but so we had this song and they're telling you you're not getting a Hollywood ending out of this movie okay and so I, I kind of appreciated at every step of the way like John died and I was like Okay, yeah, we're not getting a Hollywood ending. John and Anna do not end up together at the end of this movie, which I would have been mad about if they did, by the way. But they didn't. You know, uh, Chris and Lisa died. Um, Anna's father died. And every time something like that would happen, I would say, yep, not a Hollywood ending. So I thought that was really clever. Even at when they started into that ooh and I was like, they were reminding us, no, this is not a Hollywood ending. Um, but then they actually started singing the song again. And I was like, dude, we got it. You were so subtle. Okay. You were so subtle. And I liked it. And then you started singing the song again. But since then, Adrian has pointed out that, in fact, they all did get their Hollywood ending. So <laughs> I'm going to let Adrian discuss that a little bit. Yeah, so in the Hollywood ending, you know, Anna sings about not wanting to be tied down to anybody, not 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 wanting to be tied down, but how she is, she doesn't need to be. She's she's not a princess in a white dress hoping her her hoping her time will come. Um, you know, she sings this is not the story you've been dreaming of, the one where you get all you want. Um, and that's exactly what happens to her at the end. Like she's not a princess. Like she's active. She's not waiting for anything. She's active every moment in this movie, and she doesn't get anything she wants at the end of this. Um, and uh, you know, John sings about being left behind, and you know, sometimes nice guys don't always get the girl, and he fucking doesn't. Like he ends up being left in this town in his Christmas sweater alone, basically. And then Chris and Lisa sing about wanting to be together forever and like a love never ending. And that's what they get. You know, we see them at the end of the movie as zombies still with each other, holding on to each other. And so the like Hollywood ending tells you exactly what's happening for the rest of the movie. And uh, and everybody gets what they sing about in that song. So I don't know, guys, be careful what you sing about. (laughs) That should be the rule. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you realize you're in a musical well that that is kind of the rule isn't it <laughs> we'll get to that later yeah. but like if you realize you're in a musical pay real close attention to the words that you sing <clears throat> um but yeah, that's one of the things that really impressed me about this movie was just like the uh the, the strength of its storytelling because i feel like 
in movies like this, it's really easy to make it just be like a vignette of scenes. But this one definitely has like the narrative that goes through the whole thing. Oh, also another way in which this is not a Hollywood ending. Steph, a clear fucking lesbian, makes it to the end of the movie, doesn't even die there, and is in fact helpful and saves the day. Yeah. And awesome. Yeah. I love Steph. She's my favorite. She's so tiny. She's so tiny. <laughs> and has such a powerful voice. I mean, oh she's my a great God. voice. Yeah. When she sings in Breakaway, like, I legitimately was like, is she singing that? Where did that come from? <laughs> One of my, I always wonder when I, because we've got this English movie with an English cast, and then there's Steph, clearly American, and she makes, like, two sentences about how I'm American, and and then it's done. And I when, when I see something like that, I always wonder, could she just not do a British accent? Why? Why? Because her being American doesn't matter. I think so. they're Scottish. Yeah, because okay. it was filmed in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Okay, Scottish. Yeah, I think it. It's an interesting thing because plot-wise, it doesn't really matter, but character-wise, it does because she talks a lot about um, kind of being abandoned. Yeah, and and alone because you know her parents have moved here fairly recently. It seems. She doesn't seem to entirely understand the school culture and how it all works. And um, and so she and and I'm, I'm unclear if her girlfriend is in Scotland or if her girlfriend's in America. But she, like her, a lot of her character drive does very much seem to be this like loneliness of being in a new place. You know, whenever she walks up to the like, she doesn't get to be in Hollywood ending. There's no place for her in that song. And when she walks up to the group before they sing Hollywood ending, the whole group seems very much like, what, can you just go? Like, why are you standing here? She has to really convince Chris to do anything with her. And also when she is convincing Chris to do that thing with her, she's kind of being a bitch about it. Like she's sort of like, I don't care about any of these people. Can you just skip the stupid show? But yeah, I think that goes back to what you were saying though with the loneliness because she is an outsider. And I think that is why it was probably good either she had an american accent she is american because she is she she's outside of all of this like she doesn't know know the school know the the customs any of that and so that's why she's just kind of like yeah i don't care about this whatever y'all are doing this is about me and i need this filmed and this will also help you because you can't have videos just about robots i want i think it also gives them a way to make her an outsider that isn't centered on the fact that she's gay. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, I always wonder in moments like this, was she written American? Like, were they looking for an American actress or did they find her and then add those lines in? I'm looking that up right now. I was going to say, while Donna looks that up, I want you to guys to know that that song that the dude sing for the talent show thing, the fish rap. Oh gosh. <laughs> on the soundtrack. It's called the fish wrap, W-R-A-P. <laughs> That's fantastic. That is amazing. I just, I, I felt like that was knowledge that needed to be shared. <laughs> She's Canadian. Sarah Swire is Canadian. She seems Canadian somehow. Yeah. I mean, after I called her American. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I owe you a personal apology, Sarah Swire. As an American, I don't want to call anybody else an American who's not. Yeah. 
Um, Nobody deserves that shit right now. <laughs> nope. She's Canadian and they named her Steph North. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I will say with this film, I... I didn't have a lot of notes on it just because I found myself just really watching it and just being in it. You know what I mean? Just like, just, just kind of being part of it. And I just, I really liked that. I thought that was, you know, that's just a testament to the funness of this movie. I, I, I really enjoy This is like one of my comfort movies and I kind of go back to it and just watch, I, I watch it a lot. Um, I particularly watch certain scenes a lot and I realized I had not seen the beginning of it in a very long time because I was like, oh yeah, they did set up that thing that I forgot about and was confused about a lot. <laughs> Which thing was that? Or um, her, her dad and the ticket, the, the strife there. I, I, like, I had totally forgotten that there was a whole conversation with John and her dad about Anna having the ticket already. So that shows you with that scene where my brain was and her needing money for a ticket. I'm not thinking travel. I'm thinking she's got a speeding ticket like that. Same. And it, you know, like, and then it wasn't until they start talking. I'm like, oh, that's what they mean by ticket. Okay. That actually made me wonder if they call it something else. Like if they call it a citation or something there rather than a ticket. Probably. Because nobody in that car seemed confused. <laughs> but also I feel like, in here, if you had said ticket, everybody immediately would have thought traffic ticket. Yeah. yeah. Traffic citation. Yep. Agreed. So should we talk about the, the principal? Yes, yes, we should. The headmaster, because the headmaster. we're in... Because we're in Scotland, uh, yeah. and I don't know what they call people there. Yeah, he was uh, probably my least favorite thing, just because he. I felt like the evil headmaster is a bit of a cliché. But then, then he kind of took it up to the top and then over the top and then kind of back up again. And <laughs> I, I ended up confused about where I stood on him because it was a roller coaster. I didn't because it was established he was assistant to the headmaster. He hadn't quite taken over yet. And so that he was never feeling good enough. And the fact that he kind of sings a little bit uh, in the end of Hollywood ending. Like just just singing in the chorus with it, like I kind of figured it's like okay, he's. I mean, once again, um, this is a zombie movie. You're gonna have somebody that thinks they know what needs to be done and what is right, and is going to do something awful, which the headmaster did, or the assistant to the headmaster did, and it's gonna get a lot of people killed. So I I was not surprised by his arc, just because it's like nope, this is who he is. I. I really loved his turn. Not it's not even a turn. I really loved his his coming out <laughs> being evil. Like whenever he's what what's I can't remember the name of that song. Um but when he jumps into that manic song that he sings, like I really loved it. I I almost wish that this movie had allowed him like it almost felt like he needed a rocky horror-esque like set and costume he felt very riff like, like he felt very riffraff when riffraff is like i'm not pretending to be your servant anymore fuck you and um and so i almost wish there had been a way for them to hit that level of cheese but i don't feel like this movie at any point really was at that level of cheese and so it would have been weird for them to do it but um man he was a really good evil dude 
So when he started singing, I had to look up the actor because I thought it was the Duke from Moulin Rouge. Like right? How, how he sounded and that level. And I'm like, is he fucking doing this too? You know, it's like, because he does a very good villain. And so yeah. I had to, it is not him. Spoiler, you know, side note, it is not him, but I had to check. Yeah, he, like, the level of, like, skin crawl creepiness that he has is just it's it's a plus. Yeah, agreed. He played Thoros should... Thrones. The played the what? Priest. He played Thoros in Game of Thrones. He was the priest for the um Brotherhood Without Banners. He's the one that brought Barrett Dondarian back to life a bunch. Spoilers. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I looked him up because I thought it was actually one of the dwarves from the Hobbit. Um not and... all guys with beers are dwarves, Debbie. <laughs> it was actually like the nose that got me because it was like just the shape of it well in his face like it, yeah he looked like one specifically um it was not it was he was not one of the dwarves but that's where i learned he was thoros and i was like i never i kind of forgot about thoros <laughs> he looks very different like for a treat you should just go to his imdb page and look at his pictures because he doesn't look the same in any of them <laughs> he is a man of many faces but yeah he was he was fun like like one of the things that I think I like about him so much is that you can tell that he was just having a fucking ball. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he, especially him, him and, oh, I can never remember his name, the uh, the pretty one that... Uh, Nick? Yes, thank you. Like, they both seem to be having the most fun with this. In their defense, they had the most fun parts, I think. Like, they got yeah. two of the... Like, okay, Hollywood Ending and Breakaway are probably my two favorite songs from this movie. Um, but uh, Soldier at War and the the Headmaster's song are probably the most fun songs in this movie. Man, did I love that song, Soldier at War. <laughs> He's so pretty. <laughs> so pretty i think that soldier at war was the first song i heard from this movie and just as soon as it got to that whole line of like when it comes to killing zombies on the top of my class i was like i don't give a fuck what this is i am 100 percent in for it there was a uh, and this is after i made fun of the choreographer there was a move right at the beginning of that soldier at war song where the three guys were all being really into their shoulders as they were walking and it looked awesome. It looked so good. I was really into that. It, Soldier at War is such a great scene, I think. Like, you have all the cheesy zombie kills. I mean, one of them kills zombies with a fucking watermelon, right? And it's ridiculous. And then at the end, they all get to do their pose. And they look really cool. And then, like, the Steph and John and Anna are just like, oh, my God we're they're walking just, away from you like, just like no and chris yeah just like fuck you and, and when like, when steph is like are they excited and anna's like they're idiots so yeah <laughs> i just soldier at war i think is such a great moment in that movie well and even the lead up to that song like i'm sorry but them escaping in a plastic ball pit and just stopping like a turtle and then just waiting and the woman that sits down it's like oh yep that's like man that is that's just gonzo and i'm, I'm here for it like that just cracked me up just a little <laughs> i loved uh steph's long drawn out what 
<laughs> fuck. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I, 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 everything about Steph, I love. She's just amazing. I love her look. I love her voice. I love her determination. I I always really enjoy a movie where they have a reason to have characters in uniforms and each character still looks vastly different. Mm-hmm. Like in the craft, I, I remember always really liking how each character styled their school uniform a lot. Like, I don't know. I'm like Apparently this is a thing that I am hyper interested in. And now that I'm saying it out loud, it's weird. But, uh, but whatever. And I really like how they do that in this one too. Like you, everybody is wearing their, but like Anna and Steph are wearing the same uniform and they don't look anything alike. And I love it. True. Yeah. Steph has a Constantine look to her. She does. The blonde hair and the jacket, but. (laughs) She does. She's like a fourth of the size, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Constantine. So here's one thing I did really appreciate is it looked like we were going hard for a friend zone storyline. And I just really appreciated when Anna says, John, you're my best friend. John, you're my best friend. And John was like, okay, okay. Um, And instead of giving us the storyline where the friend pursues her until she gives in, they they gave us a storyline where he sacrificed himself for her and um not totally on purpose um i don't know it it looked it t- to me it it read to me like we're not going to escape this so i'm going to make sure she gets out of here that's how it looked to me like he ran her through that crowd and he was already bitten yeah he was already bit and i mean you you kind of knew when he finally got the reindeer reindeer names correct it's like oh john you had a good run <laughs> buddy <served> perfect <laughs> and uh but yeah, because that's when he got bit. And yeah, you are right, though. He did run her the crowd to get her out. Yeah. But. Uh, well, and I was thinking, would he have done that if he hadn't gotten bit? And I'm, I actually think he would have, to be honest. So. Yeah. And I loved, and talking about them being friends, such a friend moment is them in the shopping cart. It's like, okay, it's my turn to push, <laughs> you know, for you to push me. Like them just sitting in the shopping cart, taking turns, pushing each other as they're walking. Like, I don't know. That is such a friend move it's like okay it's your turn now their chemistry was so perfect too like their chemistry felt like that yeah whenever they're like going through the city and and john's like maybe it'll be better (laughs) and like just the way that they played off of each other anna being this sort of like sardonic stoic character and john being like my christmas tree sweater glows (laughs) and just like the inter the eternal optimist like I don't know. I really, really liked their dynamic. Yeah. They had good chemistry. And I, I mean, everybody, though, in this film did. Like, they, they all played off each other so well. I wonder if that's because it's an indie movie, so they all really had to, like, you, I, and maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but it seems like more so with indie movies, you're going to have everybody on set more often than on, like, a big budget thing when you have tight schedules and you know exactly who you're going to need when you're going to need them. And it could be, and if they did, yeah. uh, if they did a an extended rehearsal period where they're getting to know each other, which with the dancing and the singing, I I'm sure they did. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna get to know everybody. Um, same thing with the couple, and I'm sorry, I never remember their name. Like Chris they, and Lisa. Thank you, Chris <laughs> and Lisa felt like that that high school couple that everybody knows that is that is that 
level of cutesy like mm-hmm. they that that felt genuine like yeah like you knew those people yeah yeah um also i think chris and lisa are interesting because the, the way that you describe them i don't think they would have stayed together you know no like after high school they'd be done and so this this event is the only thing that gives them what they think they want yeah i think you're right i don't I know man i just like this sad about well about john and the dad <laughs> like i was a little emotional about it <laughs> i was like oh I was too. That that uh, I found some unexpected feels with with Anna and her dad at the end. I was like, oh nope, feels. What are we doing? <laughs> I, I was not prepared for you in that. Yeah, yeah. I really like what they did with Nick. Like they've got like like they definitely turn make him like a fuck boy, right? Like he's he's oh, yeah. pretty and he's and he sucks. Um, and the way that they humanized him, I felt was a was really good. It was better than I see in most movies where they try to humanize a character like this. Um, like, you know, the, particularly the conversation that he has with Anna, where she's like, do you think I'm mad because people found out we slept together? I'm mad because we shared something and I thought it was real. And he seemed like, he honestly is like, like seems surprised by this, that anybody like, I I read it as like, he seems surprised that anybody like thought they had, like, I don't know how I'm, I'm trying to say something and I'm having trouble with it, that anybody had a real moment with him. Yeah. And I like that too. That 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 wasn't the the stereotypical thing of why why she would be mad at him mm-hmm. was that you know he you know because most movies it would be because he told everyone hey yeah I slept with her and instead it was you know the moment like of actually just telling genuine feelings of this is what I'm interested in this is what I want to do and I like that like that was what like you know if this was in a if this was an American film it would have been the sex the sex would have been you know. Sure, because we're Puritans. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I uh, and I think I think what really turned Nick around for me was when he talked about how he killed his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 it was contrasted, of course, by uh, Anna's father, who did not ask that of her. Nick's father said, "For once in your life, don't let me down. Kill me." And Anna's father said, for once in your life, listen to me. <laughs> or what did he say? Listen to me. I don't remember what he said. Yeah. He said, for once in your life, don't argue with me. <laughs> don't argue with me. That's what there it you is. go. Which I got to say, so, as, as a parent, I felt that hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like for once, would you just, when I tell you that if you do this thing, it's going to turn out badly, would you listen to me? Because I've done that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out badly. <laughs> they never believe you. They never believe you. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Leia's the same way. And I'm like, babe, I've I understand that you feel like you know a lot of things, but please believe me when I say I have fucking decades of experience on you. Trust me, please. I'm not trying to fuck you over. I remember being a kid and, you know, my parents saying something like that to me. And I, my thought was, well, it might not turn out bad for me. So I'm still going to do it. (laughs) It did turn out bad, but (laughs) that was my thought process. (laughs) Yep. 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 (laughs) I I also really love Nick in that moment because he, like, we get real emotion from him. He's like, no, Anna, like, listen to your dad. Like, I don't know, it felt like there was so, like, 
what's his name? Ben, ben Wiggins is the actor on Nick. And it felt like there was so much going on right there. Like Ben Wiggins was really, really emotionally pushing that moment. And, uh, and I don't know, that's really good. Like, I feel like in a lot of movies, you can see who's carrying the scene in a particular movie. And I don't feel like that happened here. Like everybody is really fucking like just pulling their own weight. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, John was doing the work. Anna was doing the work. Chris and Lisa. I mean, there was there was a moment after Lisa's song when she looked out into the audience and she saw Chris wasn't there. And there was a whole monologue just in the expression on her face. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the way good. that she like smiled and went immediately back into her performance without really missing a beat as far as the audience is concerned. Like... I loved that because it felt very realistic to me and it said a lot about her character. Like, like Lisa is a performer Mm -hmm. and, and, and the show must go on. Yeah. Yeah. So there were, there were so many little character details that didn't need to be in the movie, but Mm -hmm. I think made it better. Like Steph being um, not Scottish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the Lisa performing and just, I I don't know all the, all this stuff. Mm hmm. Well, um, they, they all felt very real. Like, you, yeah. you know, like you've met these people somewhere in your life. Like you knew, you knew Lisa, you knew Nick, you know, like they just, they, everything felt real. Mm-hmm. And I, and I always like that. Perfect Christmas movie. That's a pretty good one. It's <laughs> a pretty good one. I'm not, uh, not going to disagree. I mean, I've been calling this a perfect Christmas movie and like the movie's not perfect. The movie is cheesy. You can see the budget in a lot of places, but it's just, I don't know, man. This movie is really charming. Like, I really, really enjoy this movie. And if you haven't seen it, I really think that you should. It's got good gore. As long as you are not against pop music, it's got good music. Um, I don't know. I, I like it. I think it's hard to, like, like, this is one of our shorter episodes because nobody's complaining about anything. Holy shit, I'm not complaining about anything. <laughs> yeah, but this is one you suggested. So I knew I knew going in you weren't going to be complaining about this one. Because this was like, no, this one's really, you know... I know what it is. I hope you guys like it. Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is definitely one of my my like special interest movies. I know that like I like musicals and I like horror movies. I might be a serial killer, guys. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I think that this one just really melds the two together very, very well in ways that other movies have not managed to do. Like this one has tension. I, I think a lot of times in in musical horror movies, you lose tension. Um, this one doesn't do that. This one still manages to be scary. This one still manages to be gory. Yeah. And I listen to the soundtrack pretty regularly. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty fantastic soundtrack. All right. Well, then I'm going to say let's let's roll into our rule polling quote. Oh, wait. No, I did have one complaint. I forgot that I had one complaint about this movie. And that is the I need a human voice song. I am sort of over this whole idea that technology or the digital world isn't real. Like, especially right now, uh, when it's all many of us have to communicate with friends and stuff. But, you know, I grew up on the, here's my rant, I guess. <laughs> you guys thought you were going to get away with that one today. Ha ha ha. Um, you know, I grew up on the internet. We had the AOL discs sitting on the table and getting kicked off whenever you got a phone call and stuff. And so like, I don't know. For me, the internet's always been a very real place where you can like meet people and make very significant relationships. And um, 
And so I'm always a little bit annoyed when some bit of media starts to want to tell me that it's not real. And so if I could cut anything out of this movie, it's the human voice scene. Um, One of my very best friends in the world I've never met. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, right now, during quarantine, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, and and I've gotten really fucking close to to my free company on Final Fantasy XIV. I consider some of them to be, like, you know, favorite people. Um, But, I mean, I like the scene. The scene is good, and I kind of see what they were going for, but it felt a little bit off with the rest of the movie for me. Mm -hmm. So much that so I, I like, I kind of forget it exists at times. Yeah, like I, I did. Here. I almost forgot this rant. Movie. I mean, during there, that uh, song, I just completely zoned out. Yeah, it's 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 shot prettily, and like I said, I sort of get what they're going for, but it just it feels meh, especially when people are having like characters who are younger than me talking about the digital space like that. I'm like, dude, I bet they feel this more than I do. <laughs> like, like this is you. You yeah. older creator, you put these words in these children's mouths. They don't yeah. feel this way. I imagine. Either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I for I know the scene you were talking about, but I had forgotten about the song, and and I'm the same way when it comes to that the digital landscape being you know told that it isn't real. It's like no, fuck you. Like Why it is, is it? real. Why do you feel that way about it? <laughs> so, um, though, who are uh, you? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, I'm. I met Billy in a Star Wars chat room on Yahoo. He Yeah. And like I've got a friend in Australia. I have never met her. I probably never will meet her, but she is so near and dear to my heart. Hi Jana Bean. Uh, <laughs> and you know the woman that introduced Billy and I, I never met her. Like and she was in Maine and she was very near and dear to me. And so yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I get real I get real real pissy about it. It's like, "No, fuck you." <laughs> Yeah, you know, I met I met my best my, my the, 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 I met Joan online. I met Jay on Gaia online. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and 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 yeah, like there's just I I I don't know. I under like I can sort of get it. People are like, oh my my internet connection is unstable. Zoom is telling me. <laughs> Zoom has not told me that. So you. <laughs> um, and. and I understand where you, where people are coming from. Like you need to meet somebody and sure. I guess that, I don't know. No, I don't agree with it. Like if you're going to live with somebody, yeah, you should meet them. But like, I don't think you have to meet somebody to be incredibly good friends with them. No. And I'm sitting here like, and I, as, 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 as we're talking, I'm like, I also have my friend Kelly in Florida and I have my friend Sarah down in Dallas. And it's like, I've never met either of these women. I probably never will, but these are some very close friends of mine that I consider very near and dear. So yeah, that is, that's a good, it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good thing to be annoyed and a ranty about. I'm with you on. It, it always feels like it's the opinion of an older creator trying to push this on younger audiences. Yeah. All right. Well, I have our quote, which um, it's topical because, you know, your, uh, your poultry guides, we like to be that way sometimes, which is please try and remember hand sanitizer is your friend. <laughs> and, and soap and water. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. I really did like the way that they introduced the zombies in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see them in the background of so many scenes. And that, that's where, that felt so Shaun of the Dead to me. And I'm, I'm yeah. of course, I'm here for that. It was like, yes. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Donna, you had our rule. Yes. Our rule is a two-part rule. One, be genre savvy. And the part two is know what genre you're in. Um, Because as my, my good friend Adrian pointed out, Chris and Lisa are not in the genre they think they're in. They're in a love story. Mm -hmm. Did you want to elaborate on that? Well, because you know, Lisa has the line early on, Chris has seen every horror movie. He'll be fine. And were Chris in a horror movie, um, I think he would have been fine, but he's in a love story. And so he was never going to be able to do anything that made him not be able to stay with Lisa. John and Anna also think they're in a horror movie, but they're in a teen drama. They're, they're, they're in a, a coming of age movie. Mm. Steph might be in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steph's in a horror movie. Like Steph and Nick, they're, they, they are where they think they are. <laughs> well, no, Nick, you could make the argument he's in an action film because of some of the stuff he does oh. and how he survives. He's in an action film. He is. Nick might be in an action action can be close enough to horror that he still gets to get through it oh yeah okay you're right you're right nick thinks he's in an action film probably right up until the moment that his friends die yeah i'll yeah i'll give you that because something fun like you can see again there's a whole monologue that happens on nick's face when he's watching his friends as zombies come after him like there is a definite character shift in him at that moment And he's not, like, after that, he is not the same as he was before. I guess he was lucky in that um, by him being in the action genre, it allowed him to survive in the horror genre. Yeah. Until it didn't. (laughs) Like, like, it allowed them to survive. They were doing great until they got too cocky. If they were in an action movie, they would have made it all the way through. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What is his name? Chris did. Chris? Yeah, I can't get their names right. Well, Chris made it through because he had to get back to Lisa. I'm not Chris. Nick. Sorry. Nick. That's what I meant. Their yeah. names are very fucking normal. <laughs> yeah. well, and it's Nick, weird and hard. Chris looks like a Nick and he looks like a Chris. No, Chris looks like a Chris, but Nick also looks like a Chris. <laughs> a lot of people look like Chris's, I think. <laughs> and our poll, which kind of ties into what we've been talking about through this entire episode is uh which genre do you think you're in i think we're all in post or in pre-apocalyptic yeah i think that's kind of the the uh the baseline (laughs) 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 is uh what 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 happened before mad max became fury road because i feel like that's the that's the baseline yeah that's where that that's it that's where we are right now that's funny because I was actually just thinking about Mad Max because the first Mad Max movie, um, they're still very close to civilization ending. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I feel like we might actually be in a prequel to Mad Max. This yeah. is terrible. <laughs> yes. This is very yes, bad this news. This is terrible. <laughs> this, this is very terrible. I feel like I'm in a mix, I guess, of genres. It's like this... Some of it is, you know, drama, comedy, horror, romance, like all of these things together happening at one time. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that, Deb. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of, uh, you know, the horror, the sci-fi, a little bit of the drama, uh, throw in a haunted house being an allegory for a person being haunted, or I don't know, like... <laughs> uh, I feel like it's probably directed by Lars von Trier because nothing's happening for a really long time. 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> it is produced by A24, and I'm just like, fuck y'all, man. We just have these really long establishing shots yeah. where we're like, okay, <laughs> we get it. We're still yeah. inside. Get on with the rest of the fucking movie. No, no, I got it. I got it. You got it? We're in the good place. Oh, no! Oh. <laughs> I'm not smart enough for the good place. <laughs> I'm fucked. But that's when you find someone you you work together and you all grow. That's what we need a cheaty. Yes, find your cheaty. We need a cheaty. So I want to thank everyone for listening. We do appreciate your your support. Uh, we are on the social media, which you can find us on Twitter at Beyond Cabin and on Facebook and on on the web at beyondthecabinofthewoods.com. I'm on Twitter as at Callista77. Oh, we, we have the Instagram at Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, and that's just where I hang out. So I run it. If you want to holler at me, holler at that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Donna, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Dragon Goblin. There's no I in Goblin. It's just Dragon Goblin. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Donna underscore Leahy. Adrian, what about you? I'm on Twitter at Junkyard Poet. That's it. Okay. That's the end. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also, we're also part of the Gumby Cat Network, so definitely take, you know, take a peek at some of their other shows that they've got and as always thank you to our editor billy for making us sound awesome thank you billy <laughs> thank you billy thank you billy <laughs> and don't read the latin but can you sing it don't read the latin <laughs> <laughs> perfect awesome cut <laughs> you know what horror is Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.